Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real with Rory, brought to you by Rory Huskin and Cornerstone Roofing. I'm Ben Kaysen, here with Rory Huskin. Rory, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. And we have a massive guest in the studio today. <laughs> oh, we do. You Rory, why don't you introduce her? Yeah, let me introduce her. So, uh, <laughs> you guys have all heard my testimony, heard my uh, mishaps and uh, messes and all the things that I was, was part of, um, you know, and so... I, I brought my better half with me today. Um, there was a period of 10 years that we were divorced, and we've talked about that in the past. But, you know, I, I just thought that it might be good to have the, the flip side of that coin perspective. And so I, I, I like to introduce my lovely wife, Michelle, um, um, who, uh, you know, was... Great, grateful enough or gracious enough to take me take me back after after the the cuckoo person that I was in my past you know the addictive uh, um, tyrant um, crazy person so mm. she's here today and uh, um, Ben uh, you want to start out with a question or you want me to sure yeah so Michelle thank you so much for coming we, we really appreciate you of course <laughs> thanks for having me of course so yeah I think what we really want to do is just kind of capture your story so okay um why don't you just like where'd you where'd you start out at? What was your story been so far? Here, so I always take my story back to when you and I met. So mm. maybe maybe just take it from there. Yeah, pick it up from there. Um. So when Rory and I first met, he he's probably told you his background coming from a very probably dysfunctional alcoholic um, family. Sure. And mine is real similar. Um, not entirely the same. My dad was very high-functioning, military, worked for the government, um, but a drinker from the time he was off work until he went to sleep at night, and that was just normal life. So um, I was the last one left at home, 17 years old, and my mom um, decided to leave him, and I was pretty unhappy about things. Um, I'm the youngest of four kids. I think I always had some insecurities looking to fit in and that kind of stuff. And so I was already running pretty wild myself, drinking and drugging and doing those things when um, Rory and I got together. And um, when we got together, well, first off, I just thought he was the cutest thing around. (laughs) And um, it kind of helped me to take my focus off of myself and focus on him, and I was warned about his behaviors and his addictions, and I just thought, you know, I, I was young. I, I, was I even 18. warned you. <laughs> yeah. I was 18, I thought, well, no one, no one's tried hard enough, no one's loved him enough, no yeah. one, you know, so my focus was put on him, and it started out on this gradual roller coaster ride at the beginning, you know, real well, you know, it's easy to fall in love. Um, it's more difficult to stay in love and, and keep that perspective on things. But sure. but I loved him to death and um, wasn't too long before the, the drugs came back into play. And um, I got pregnant pretty quickly. We got married. Uh, and it just was getting progressively worse, you know. Gotcha. So, he, so you guys were off of that and then it came back into play. Correct, correct. He did try to leave alone for a while. And, you know, I mean, he did, he did try, but... Unfortunately, um, old habits die hard, and um, so things come back, and 
at the time, I didn't really have tools or a great understanding of how to deal with things other than threatening, you know, if you don't stop it, I'm going to leave or whatever. And so then we got into a pattern of that and his normal, even though it was very abnormal for most people, um, became my new normal. And instead of it being whatever stuff I was causing, it was what he was causing and I was sticking around for it and riding this roller coaster. And if he wasn't causing problems and he tried to behave from it at some point. So I would get bored and then I'd try to cause problems. And mm-hmm. um, so it was just like this real sickness feeding off of each other. So um, we did that for, for a while. We went through having uh, three daughters. And after the birth of our third, well, prior to the birth of our third, he was misbehaving and supposed to be up in Denver working, which he was not. And I knew it. He knew it. And I told him, if you don't make it back for this next one, you might as well not come back. Hmm. And he didn't. And um, so I think by that point, I'd done this threatening, and I'd leave for a little bit, and then he'd come and find me, and I'd go back. And this little dance long enough that I finally kind of made it stick, and that's when I divorced him. Our, our third was born in 97. I divorced him in 99. And, uh, yeah. well, as much as I loved him, I had to really – forced myself to really hate him to leave him I had to leave Pueblo I had to I had to get away because Rory's always been my weakness like if I was Superman he's my kryptonite so uh (laughs) that's kind of how that worked so um yeah I was not a fan at that point at all how tough of a decision was that for you very very um so just to kind of let everybody know first off we know each other because my brother started dating his sister when he came down here to go to college and they got married about six months before we did. Um, been together for quite a few years, more than we have anyways. But um, So all of my in-laws um, are still part of my family because my brother still married, was always still <laughs> married to his sister. Yeah. And she was my best friend. And so um, I couldn't entirely separate because, you know, having kids and that's their grandma and their aunties and, yeah. and so forth. So, um, yeah, it, it was difficult at best. So. Sure. Rory, where was your head at at this time? Oh, you know, that was probably one of the worst days of my life. Yeah, when uh, I had to go and uh, before the judge and uh, you know the the woman that I loved with you know with my whole heart. And it's 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 hard, and and, and people who are in addictions will, can relate. You know, um, I I wanted so bad to be sober, and and and. You know, I'd found the girl in my dreams, and, uh, you know, we had these three beautiful girls, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I wanted to quit. I didn't want to do the drugs anymore. Yeah. I wanted to be the normal person that she needed. The worst thing in the world was coming home after being gone, you know, two, three days, even even one night, two nights, whatever it was, doing drugs, and have to look in her eyes and the pain that was in her eyes would just kill me. Mm. And, and of course, you know, I, I, I didn't have any coping skills either. So my coping skill was self-medicate. So if it's that bad and I can't deal with this, guess where I went is right back out. And so, but when she divorced me that day, it was probably, um, the worst day of my life, you know? Mm. So I didn't, uh, you know, I, I just remember, you know, like begging almost, please, you know, don't ever leave me. 
one day I'll make you proud of me. So, you know, so. At that point, just saying, I, like I told you, I had, I was a drinker, I was a drugger, um, but it was never anything that I wasn't able to put down. And I always had this perspective or whatever where, and it made me angry, it was hurtful. Uh, why, why is that so important? Why can't you leave that alone? Why is that so much more important? Like I can leave stuff alone yeah. for my kids or for you or for whoever. Why is that so important? I couldn't, I couldn't get that. Mm. Um, and I'll just say, uh, for people who don't get that, be thankful. You don't want to. Um, and if you test those waters long enough, you'll be shown. And mm. it's, it's something very unpleasant. Mm. So, uh, She's right. The addiction, the addiction process, you know, not everybody that uses drugs becomes totally addicted, you know. I, I think that, um, you know, my, my family history is my grandfather was an alcoholic and my dad was an alcoholic. And I learned at some point that if, if my dad was an alcoholic, then I was seven times more likely to be an alcoholic or an addict. And if my grandfather was an a- addict, you know, I was kind of doomed, you know. And so that we come from the same same you know um, background kind of you know it uh, um, addicts are it, it's just it's just tough to to fight so you know you don't you don't know if you're the addictive personality type or, or if you have that running through your veins or if if you're not so you know you know when I tell people if you don't ever start you know. You know, you don't have to figure that out. I mean, you don't have to fight that addiction at some point. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a powerful, it's a powerful force, and we talked about it. I I think it was like I I signed an, a a contract with the devil that first night that I ever did cocaine. Mm. Uh, it's like it was it was just weird. It's this invisible contract. You know, you used and you're, you they got you. You know, so. Unfortunately, you don't even realize then. You don't no. realize for another, you know, whether it's months or years or whatnot. But, you know. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, and, and sadly enough, you know, and like, I'm not trying to bash on anybody who drinks or does anything recreationally. And if you're able to, I guess, great for you. But the way that in society we portray that it's just, it's harmless and it's great. And it's like, you know, it'd be nice if, Somewhere at some point, someone would portray that it's harmless and it's great to not, mm-hmm. to just say no, to experience life full of life without filters, without a numbness, mm-hmm. where you wake up the next day and you remember everything and you, mm-hmm. you're happy about the way you behaved. You don't regret that you said something or did something or, you know, um, lost a friend or a loved one or whatever over things. So, And unfortunately, uh, the life that we live today, in some circles, it's 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 legal <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's it's the stuff that uh and and i i you know my mind fights that it's like it's legal you know i mean it can ruin lives it, it ruins my life and it's legal in some states it just doesn't mm. you know, it's like how could they do that right. um so anyway so here let's uh let's 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 trigger back and so let's let's work on the recovery part uh michelle um Who's recovery? Huh? <laughs> yeah, let's Mine? pick let's pick up on the well, story. Well, we, like, we can do yeah. yours, and we can do yeah. I'd like to hear about yours. Yeah. So, when we divorced, I didn't have a focus of my 
other than myself anymore. It came back to me. And my wheels came off, right? Go back to self-medicating and, and doing the um, old normals. And, uh, you know, drinking, smoking pot wasn't such a big deal, at least for me at the time. But um, it's just a matter of time. You keep around things long enough and certain people long enough and other things are going to be offered to you. And I was scared to death of cocaine because of this one. So I never really got into doing that. But my brother was doing it, started out with speed, and then it, you know, got into doing meth. And um, before it was all said and done, um, I ended up having my kids taken away. Uh, my mom came and picked them up for me. And um, that was in October and uh, of 2003. And um, I was living in Craig, Colorado. She took them back to Arvada. I was supposedly trying to get all of our belongings together, trying to get stuff figured out, going to go back to Arvada, which is where I'm originally from. Yeah. And um, I was MIA for from then until um, Valentine's Day. The next year, they didn't hear from me. They didn't know what was going on. I was in and out of uh, court for um, the thing with the kids, and then I got in trouble for... Um, driving a vehicle with fictitious tags and having all kinds of paraphernalia and scales and all, all kinds of stuff. And yeah. I got thrown in jail, and it, it was like, well, I was happy at that point kind of because I thought I might be pregnant and um, was pretty tired of what was going on. I'd missed all of the holidays, um, spent crying alone somewhere, mm. um, not knowing what was going on with kids. It's it's really odd sometimes, you know. I'm just listening to you, uh, honey, talk about that, and 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 I think that um, it's 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 what's really weird is like I was gone for months too, yeah. you know. I'd lost everything, and I'd lost you, and you know I wasn't there for the for the birth of our our third our third daughter, right? And uh, you know I I I think about that all the time, but you know I I never really looked at the similarities. I, we were right. it's it just kind of odd, so. Well, I think that um, things don't happen by mistake, and I'm not suggesting that God put me through any of that because that's certainly not what he does or what he's about. But um, I couldn't for the life of me see the forest for the trees with what was going on with him. Mm. Uh, so I kind of had to experience things for myself um, gotcha. to understand, um, have more empathy for him and that whole situation. So um, I got thrown in jail, spent... 10 days in jail, and they let me out according to I had to leave town because I was just causing trouble and wasn't they didn't want me there. Gotcha. Great. So um, the next two years I spent on supervised uh, probation, and um, I was the model citizen. If they said do it, I did it, mm. and I did it above and beyond what I had to do. Um, they let me off actually six months early, and... Um, so that was that. I was living with my mom and my kids. I was indeed, after all, pregnant, and so I had another little one and living with my aunt. And, um, I mean, we had next to nothing, and you know, but we made it by, and you do what you do. And yeah. um, I got a job cleaning, <laughs> cleaning um, military recruit stations oh, cool. um, and for all the different branches of the military around the Denver metro area. And that's pretty much what I was doing when he and I finally got connected back together again. But 
when he tells you we were divorced for 10 years, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And um, I was not a fan of Rory's. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think Rory was a, I don't think Rory was a fan of Rory at the, uh, uh, during all that process either. Well, I, I think a big part for me was I, I started out being angry with God, and I think when you really have to look at that deeper, I was angry with myself. Mm. I knew when we got married that he had the problems that he had going into it, right? We'd yeah. already been through some roller coaster rides prior to the wedding. I said I do anyways in front of God and my friends and my family, crying my eyes out that day, actually, yeah. um, because I was terrified. I know my parents had been through a divorce. I didn't want to be that person. Uh, I took my vows very seriously, and I already, the day saying I do, didn't know if I was going to be, up, be able to uphold those vows. Mm. Um, and so what's, so I, what's so ironic <laughs> about, that, about that is I thought she was crying because she was happy. But, you know, but so here it's so, uh, you know, 10 years ahead or, 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 or whatever it was. And then so we, we, we were remarried, and <laughs> I was the one who was crying because I was so grateful that uh, you know that my dreams had come true. So, so. So how how did we get to that point, Michelle, in your story for Rory coming back and you guys coming back together? What did that look like from your side? Um, well, it was kind of sketchy at first. Uh, <laughs> um, I was with his mom and his sister, and we were just kind of going around doing who knows what. And um, his mom needed to stop at a gym or something where he was and <laughs> give him some, I don't know, whatever, someday. And I was like, mm. Probably I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable maker. about yeah. it at all. Yeah. And, um, but I went along. And so, um, but he looked pretty good because he always looked good. So. <laughs> um, so anyways, we talked a little bit and then. Um, it he, was the first time, like, yeah, honestly, literally eight was, or nine years. It was very awkward yeah. for me, wow. at least. Um, but, um, and Rory, had you been keeping tabs on what she'd been struggling with through that? Oh, you know, (laughs) you know, I kind of had an idea what she was doing. You know, my mom was the eyes on. And so, you know, ironically, again, I had a daughter while we were divorced and she had a daughter while we were divorced. So, you know, um, it it was just, you know, you kind of keep tabs, but I didn't know that she was going through, you know, of course. You know, it's no secret that I've told everybody on this podcast that I was in prison for four years. And weirdly enough, there's somebody from the town that she was living in, Rifle. Craig. Craig, excuse me, um, that was there in prison with me. And so, Mm. you know, people start talking. You got a lot of time to talk. And they started telling me about, you know, uh, my my ex-wife, what she's she's doing and... Mm. You know, so it was like it, it was it was it was weird to hear that from somebody else. You know, so yeah, so but you know, um, I, look, I I always have to. Uh, it's it's always amazing to me, um, people that have the addiction and have been addicted and have gotten in that much trouble and 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 they just they quit. Mm. You know, I I admire my wife um, that that she was able to walk away. You know, I, I know that the penalties were so great that she felt that that, that was it, you know. But th- there, was, I had so many of those that's it times in my life. And, mm. you know, I, I, I crossed those bridges and those, or those lines in the sand every time. You know, for me, it, it took prison to quit. So, you know, I, I say prison was my... Uh, 
you know, I, I was grateful. I, I, I think that God allowed me to go there um, so that I could uh, meet myself, kind of meet him, you know, hmm. learn my in and out. So anyway. So yeah, so let's go back. So you're, you're, you're going to the gym. You haven't seen Rory in eight years. Right, right. Yeah. So we talked barely that day, but he had heard from his mom that uh, my car broke down or I didn't have a car or something. And so I think he thought he was going to be nice. And he um, <laughs> asked if I would go with him like the next day or something. And I'm like... Not knowing it was our right, anniversary. I, right. Well, it, oh. was our, it was our wedding anniversary. So <laughs> gotcha. I was... Um, skeptical i didn't really know what was going on it's like okay yeah so i agreed to go with him and um he wouldn't tell me what we were doing and he takes me out to pueblo west to some stranger's house and proceeds to start showing me some car and i just kind of lost it and mm. <laughs> started yelling at him in front of this person <laughs> like yeah. um with old rory there was always strings attached it was like for him to do something nice i felt like i had there was you know he's gonna expect something in return and I don't know. So um, I kind of lost my cool with him. And so we left. Um, so Rory, had you, sorry to interrupt. Yep. Rory, had you made the transition yet? Like, were you still an addict at that point? Were you still? Uh, oh, no, no. I had got, I had just gotten out of prison. <laughs> okay. Um, so I got out in October of 2007, actually. Gotcha. And this is uh, January 2nd, January 1st, 2nd. The first. Yeah. So we were married, our wedding anniversary, our first wedding anniversary was on the first. I, I, I really didn't know that. Yeah. So I I had had, uh, you know, a good solid four and a half, five years um, of sobriety. And, mm. uh, you know, one of the things about being an addict and, and starting that, uh, you know, the recovery process is, is liking yourself. Mm. And I think that a lot of us use the drugs as as like you heard Misha say, uh, as an escape, um, we don't really like ourselves, and we don't like what we're doing, and yeah. you know, uh, it's kind of a way to 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 disappear and and not feel. You know, we we we, we want to go through life without the feeling. So uh, I I had looked in a mirror uh, every day for four and a half years and and figured out who I was and I was finally comfortable with me. I, I could look in a mirror and say, you know, I, 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 I'm okay with the guy that I see looking back at me, Yeah, you know? So, um, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I was sincere about buying her the car to, to help her out, you know? So yeah. she, you know, honey, go ahead. And so, so I lost my cool and he <laughs> took me did. back. We parted ways, whatever. And then I thought after the fact, well, that was pretty dumb. I should have. So, <laughs> so I called him up a day or something later. I said, well, what about a minivan instead? So, no. So we started talking again and um, just, you know, a little bit more and a little bit more. And um, it was Rory, but it was a different Rory and mm. a better, much better Rory. So that was, that was a pleasant surprise. Um, what you changes know, could you see, if you don't mind me asking? Well, it just, like I say, there, there were no strings attached. Um, I, you know, it, it, he was always, like, suspicious or um, accusational towards me or just, you know, he was so out of control himself, he tried to keep me under his control because I think he probably figured I would be gone otherwise, and he wasn't like that anymore. Um, and, you know... Once again, just set things straight. I didn't divorce him because I didn't love him. I didn't divorce him because we weren't 
physically compatible, emotionally compatible. It was strictly because of the drugs and where they were taking him mm. and in the process dragging me and our girls through. So the very reason that I divorced him, I ended up, you know, making a wreck of my life and doing the same thing anyway. So that was a terrible idea. And um, so it was just kind of nice to get reacquainted with him and because we do, we have a lot of um, similarities. We we both love music and um, pretty much all types of music. Uh, we love the outdoors and just you know, there's just lots of things. And um, so it was kind of nice to to get reacquainted with him. Yeah. But as usual, then um, he's he's very intelligent. You know, um, he sold roofs back when we were married the first time for family members and stuff and the. Very good salesman, um, probably too good, actually. But um, <laughs> so, you know, I always knew he had tons of potential, um, but it wasn't ever about finances or money or anything. I, I just wanted a stable life. I wanted Rory, but I wanted a sober Rory, you know. I wanted sure. some security in life. I didn't want to be wondering if we're going to get kicked out the next minute or if he's even going to come home for the next week or, you know, whatever. So, um so it was nice, like I said, to get reacquainted with him. And then um, he got me a cell phone so we could keep in touch better. And, <laughs> um, like none of my family knew at all <laughs> that we were communicating it, besides mm. my brother, who is married to his sister down here. And yeah. um, Well, they were always like, trying to re-get oh. re, re us back together anyway. Mm. My, my sister, my brother-in-law. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's my mom, very true. She probably <laughs> planned that that day because, uh, you know, she was with her. So. It, it mm. could it could be. So uh, yes, they always liked me better, but no. <laughs> they probably <Anyways. laughs> that's honoring, but um anyways, so um he told me one day, he said, Well he said, I, I, I think you should just you and the girls should just move back down here and I said, Um, I am not doing that. My family's gonna just think I'm absolutely crazy and maybe disown me already for speaking to you mm. and I've done that every other time in the past in our relationship I am not doing that again if you can't come up with some sort of plan for how or why that would even work you know I, I'm not just gonna uproot everything and, and come back down because that's what you want gotcha and so um so uh anyways he said okay he said well I'll think about it for a couple of days I said mm. okay so he, sure enough, called me back a couple days later. He says, I have a plan. I said, okay. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm, you know, let's hear this, whatever. And he said, well, he said, I'm, I'm making pretty good money at this point with the roofing business. He said, um, I'm going to start buying uh, repo houses and fixing them up, buying them for fairly cheap, right, fixing them up, and yeah. then turn them into rentals. And um, you're going to come down here. You're going to manage them. And the first one I'm going to buy is for you and the girls to live in when you move down here so that you have your own place. You don't feel like you're being forced to, you know, be where I'm at and whatever. And we can, you know, I wow. said, okay. And I thought, we'll see how this goes, you know. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> oh, no, he meant it. Sure enough. So, yeah, he put his money where his mouth was. And I had to um, own up to letting my family know. And uh, I know they were all real skeptical. I mean, shoot, even even I was skeptical, you know. Mm. Um but the life that we have today is, um, I mean, we, I don't even think either one of us would have dreamt that our life would have been like this no, not at all. back the first time around. So no. we're very blessed. Um, life is great. Do we never fight? No, that would be a lie to tell you that. We argue. 
you know, but, but we get through it. We have learned how to communicate better and oh, it doesn't, oh, it's not much, yeah. all my way. It's not all his way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's neither one of ours way, you know, it just is the way it is. But, um, awesome. God is good and he's allowed us to kind of have to take this journey apart to get back together and do it right. So what went through your head, Rory, to want to go back after Michelle like that? Oh, I never fell out of love. And, uh, you know, it's no secret. We both believe in God. Uh, we believe that, uh, you know, God destined our journey. Um, I, I believe that I had to go where I, I had to go. Uh, and God granted me, you know, he gave me the opportunity to go to prison and learn about myself. And on the other hand, I think that Misha, and I'm sorry, guys, her name is Michelle. I call her Misha. Uh, Misha had to do her journey or she would have never understood me. It would have never made sense that it wasn't uh, her that I didn't like. It was, you know, the drugs that was pulling me. And so I think that that she had to take her journey. So um, <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> I think you hit on it. I was just asking what, what went through your head about trying to go back after Michelle like that. So um, when she divorced me, and I, I told you that was probably the worst day of my life then, you know, of course, I I didn't want to be who I was that day. So I started going to church, and I plugged myself into church groups, and I was going to Bible school, Bible college. I was, I was, you know, I was pushing in. Right? I I I knew that if I could just touch the hem of his garment, um, I could be made whole. Right? And so I was pushing, pushing in. And so I had gone to Brownsville Revival a couple of times, and I had I had heard this uh, this um, evangelist um, prophet, you know, and he was up there speaking, and and some a lot of the stuff that he was saying, I was I thought to myself, I I, I need to talk to this guy, he, he he, you know, he's going through the same thing that that I go through, and I thought, you know, one of these days, you know, because I looked around, there's five thousand people, and I thought, there's no way. I'll be able to talk to him today. So I'm on a plane, and uh, some of the people that I'd gone with, they, they hit me in the arm. They go, hey, hey, Rory, you know uh, that uh, uh, prophet guy that was, you know, preaching the other night? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's actually from Colorado Springs, and I was in Jacksonville or uh, Pensacola, Florida. So um, I'm like, shut up, you know? Yeah, really? what are the chances of that? So, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, of all the places, he's from Colorado Springs. So um, I hear that he's preaching at a four-square church in Canyon City, so I go there. And uh, um, the second thing that he said was, and God wants you to know, uh, well, so, you know, I met him, I sat down, and I thought, well, that was kind of uneventful, you know. And so he started speaking to the church and he kept you know he'd speak and then he'd look at me and he'd speak and he'd look at me and finally he just walked away from the pulpit walked over to me and he said stand up son god's got some things to tell you and, and one of the things that he said is that god don't worry about your heart son god is stringing up somebody's heart just for you and the miracle in her mouth will be that she loves you and i thought huh God's going to restore my marriage someday. So literally, um, I felt like Abraham, that, you know, he was he was childless, right? And God said, I'm changing your name to Abraham, father of many. And uh, so he walked around telling people his name was Abraham. I walked around telling people that God was going to restore my marriage. 
literally, my friends would say, so yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm in prison. And I'm walking around a yard with friends, and I'm like, yeah, God's going to restore my marriage. And they're like, yeah. Uh, does she come visit you? I'm like, no, 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 no. Send you money? I'm like, no, no, no. Does she send you letters? And I'm like, no, no, no. Call her on a phone? I'm like, no, 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 man. We, I, I haven't talked to her in like eight years. And <laughs> Whatever, man. Talk to the hand. Yeah. You know, but, but I just believed in my heart that what God had told me that day was, uh, was gonna was gonna be and so you know for years I talked to my mom on the phone and I'd say so how's Misha doing you know she's well she's not doing so good or you know she's doing fine or you know it was funny some of the some of the comments that I told my mom I'm like well is she with somebody she's like no I don't think so honey and I said yeah she's waiting for me you know <laughs> she didn't know that so yeah. but uh um, she'd have probably, you know, if she'd have heard that, she probably wouldn't have been too happy. No, probably not at all. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just, it was faith, man, you know. Oh. I, I had a word, and uh, um, I, I stood on that. You know, I have a daughter now that's going through a thing, and, you know, God told her that I'm, I'm giving you something better, and I keep. I have to remind her, your vision is as God is giving you something better. You know, we, we, you know, I could have settled for something less, right? Yeah. But that's not what was in my heart. What was in my heart is you know being uh, um, back with my my wife, <laughs> the love of my life. So. Wow. I think I had to learn when we parted ways also how to have more of a backbone. Um, Rory's pretty uh, strong personality. <laughs> and um, it takes an equally strong personality sometimes. <laughs> not always, you know. Sure. I mean, it's not like he's just some tyrant by any stretch. But uh, the house where I grew up, my dad just pretty much said what was what. And my mom just went along with it. And so we were very dysfunctional in a lot of ways. Uh, I never saw my parents fight one time. Hmm. Um, and... You know, so it just was like getting into a relationship for me to have a discussion with him and try to tell him no without either my emotions overwhelming or I'm screaming and hollering or I'm just going to be quiet and not say anything or, you know, any of the above, all of the above, um, which is, you know, unhealthy in so many different ways. Yeah. So um, that's something I've had to, you know, learn along the ways. And I think what I hear you saying that we we have matured. Well, one would sure hope so, huh? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, At least I have. Uh, oh. <laughs> he's the biggest child I have. <laughs> the biggest child I have. Yeah, yes. I might resemble that. But he's, he has grown up a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. But. So, Michelle, if you don't mind, take us back to, like, you're at your rock bottom. What was, like, the turning point that you can think of for yourself and your journey? What, what kind of strength did you draw on at that point? Um... I just couldn't believe the person that I became, you know, and um, I lost everything. And just like you've heard Rory say, it's like you sell your soul and you don't, you don't realize it. And it doesn't happen right that minute. Like if it was, if it was a bad time, if it was miserable, no one would ever fall into that. You do it one time, you'd be like, oh, forget that, you know, learn my lesson. But it doesn't work like that. And, you know, you're doing stuff with friends and you're, you're having a good time and, and there is um, an attraction to it with, I mean, because even though you're numbing 
maybe your emotions, you know, it feels fun or nice sometimes to feel out of control, not always being in control and whatnot. But when it gets to a point where, I mean, you know, you don't have any belongings left to your name, your Uh kids are taken away, you know, your family doesn't even know where you are. For instance, I remember one time I was going to court for, I think it was for when I got pulled over, which with the fictitious tags and stuff that sent me to jail the last time. And um, I was, no, maybe it wasn't that. I must have been. I must have gotten in trouble before that. Anyways, because it was a different <laughs> court. But anyways, I was going to court, and I hadn't spoke to any of my family. They're all from Arvada, Denver area, you know. Yeah. And I get to court one day, and my dad's there, and I'm like, I mean, you know, you just like want to crawl under a rock and die or something. And um, you know, he's like, well, you know, everybody's worried about what's going on, and no one has any way to get a hold of you, and you know, um, but. It was terrible, and um, my dad is a recovering alcoholic. He has been since my mom left him. Uh, that's what she claimed was the reason for leaving him was his alcohol, mm. even though it wasn't entirely, I don't believe. But um, And so my brothers and my sister and I, we've all had our, our issues with one thing or another. My brother, who's married to his sister, got in trouble for stealing a bus and giving some people a ride at the same time that they almost you know, got him for kidnapping. And oh, wow prior to all this and um and, and he doesn't remember it and yeah he blacked out i mean he was he was drunk wow. drunk and um so mm. when he called my dad to ask for help about getting out of jail at that time my dad was going through like aa and had a sponsor and all this stuff at the time and my dad told him and enabling and well my dad told him stew on it and hung up on him and mm. so when i went i thought there there's no way i'm gonna call and ask anyone for help. I did what I did to get here. Yeah. And I deserve to be here. And then really, I mean, I was homeless. I was, I had nothing, you know, I had people who claimed that were friends. They weren't, you know, everybody is using everybody. And, um, I was happy to have some place to sleep that wasn't outside. I had three meals a day. I could shower if I wanted to, you know, mm. whatever. So I thought I'm just going to stay here until, you know, I have, I have no other choice, but, um, wow. Probably the hardest thing for me was going back and facing my family initially, uh, my daughters especially, um, knowing what they'd already been enduring from this one. And I thought, you know, it's like, oh, dear God, I don't know if they're going to forgive me or not. And, you know, kids are marvelous little creatures. Mm. They um, are very resilient, you know. But unfortunately... um, Sorry, we're both kind of sniffling. The, but, I mean, you know, it's 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 a little tough time sometimes yeah. to be transparent. You know, yeah. And uh, I appreciate so, it. Yeah. Well, the the ripple effects um, of what you cause is just a terrible thing. And mm. um, for anybody, if you have the opportunity to stop before it gets started, I suggest you do so because yeah. you yeah. really don't want to look at what goes on beyond that. Mm. Uh, we've obviously we've lost a daughter to drugs at this point, uh-huh. and. Um, would do anything to take that back. We have anything. other ones that struggle with addictions and other ones that struggle just because I think they don't think they're good enough because whether it's been mom or dad, somebody's somebody's let them down. Gotcha. And they're still struggling, still searching. So for me, it was, um, I was ashamed of myself. And I just, it was like, I, it's not the person who I wanted to be. Mm. And I was done. Yeah, that, that ripple effect, uh, you know, it runs... Uh, thick and deep sometimes you don't know where it goes or where it leads and uh definitely that ripple effect in our life is as we we see it through our children now 
So we're raising uh, uh, a grandson and a granddaughter, nine and seven. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that that cycle gets broken, you know, and, and those grandchildren, you know, so uh, um, that they don't have to endure some of the stuff that we've gone through. So sure. and, and their mother. So. So I think my last question is, like, if someone's listening to this and they are at rock bottom, you guys have both experienced this, of being completely lost, don't know where to go from here. What's your advice? You guys have both been there and have been able to come back. What, what, what should they do? Go ahead, honey. Um, I say prayer, find some trustworthy people, mm-hmm. and um, be as transparent as you can be. It hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts like heck to sit here in front of you. Yeah. Um, even my voice to be on the radio for people to hear and not even see my face. It hurts for you to know that I have the baggage that I have. But if it helps somebody get over it, by all means. And every time you speak about it and you do something about it, it, it hurts a little bit less. Mm. Um, I mean, it used to be I couldn't have carried on this conversation with you about even probably a quarter of it. So I mean, mm. I'm, I'm getting better. Um, and tears are healing. You know, and trust that it's okay to mess up. It's okay to be human. Mm. We all are. There's not anybody out there that's perfect. But the best thing to do is start. Start somewhere. Mm. It's it's a journey. It's not a destination. I, I used to take, uh, <laughs> I had a Bible, and I'd read the Bible. And uh, I, I'd see these scriptures, like, uh, I, I, you know, one in Jeremiah, I believe, it says that, I will give you a new heart, you know. I'll take your heart of stone and give you a new heart. Yeah. says, I'll take that heart of stone and give you my heart. And I thought, you know, that's what I want, God. I, I want your heart. Mm. I, I don't want the person that, that I was. I, I don't want to be that person anymore. You know, so I, I you know, and, and I had to do the work too. Yeah, I had to look at myself. Um, um, I had, uh, you know, even workbooks that I had to do and, um, it, it it wasn't it's not pleasant you know people think that that they can look in the mirror and that they're okay with looking in the mirror i realized back in rehab before i ever went you know as far down as i went that that um, i couldn't look at myself and 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 you know it was one of my one of my um the things in rehab that they wanted me to do was look at a mirror and talk to myself and tell myself it was all right that i was i was okay mm. i couldn't do that I, I, it, I, I couldn't do it. There was no way I was, I was able to do that. So, what I learned to do is, is, uh, you know, of course I, I didn't have any of the drugs or the alcohol, but I did the work and I did the prayers. God answers prayers, guys. I, I'm remarried. My life is, is, is totally better than I ever could have imagined. Um, and it's, it's all through prayer, every bit of it. Mm. Wow. Guys, thank you so much for telling your stories and being so open with it. And I know it's hard. And let me just say, even from my end, like I've I've not struggled like that, but it's still it just just means a lot to me to hear those kind of stories from you guys that you know that you can make your way back from that. And I think that really is benefiting the listeners. And you know, I just just appreciate you and want to honor you both. Thank yeah, you very awesome. much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been a blast. It has been a blast. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Uh, if you want to hear more episodes of Keeping It Real with Rory, check out some of our previous ones. You can hear more of an in-depth kind of rundown of Rory's story and kind of the pro- projects that he's working on now, from music to talking to prisons to doing a lot of these other things he's working on. 
as well as an interview with a caring pregnancy center where you guys have been working with. We've got all that here on a Keeping It Real with Rory brought to you by Cornerstone Roofing in Pueblo and Colorado Springs. So go check them out if you want a roof as well. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day.